we've got nearly a billion people on the planet with a mental health disorder. It is grim. I mean, it can't explain the skyrocketing worldwide increase in mental health disorders of all kinds. None of us is untouched by this now. We often say, okay, you need anti-inflammatories, you need antioxidants. Uh, we don't stop to think, well, what is causing the inflammation and the oxidative stress in the first place? I was, of course, alive before this, but I wasn't living. I feel like I'm living now like a proper human, like, uh, like I was intended to. And the thing I tell people too is, it's not just that I'm no longer clinically, suicidally, horribly, hopelessly depressed, which of course is great. I'm not just even, I'm the opposite of whatever that was. Like I am happy, my default, I have a smile. If you ask me how I'm doing, it's almost always I'm doing wonderful. I'm great, I'm happy to be alive. So it's not just not being depressed anymore. It's Right, it's not just the absence of symptoms. It's the presence of well-being. Uh, you know, it's the, pre you're thriving. You're not just getting by, you're not just not depressed. You're feeling great as a really powerful tool to help people improve their mental health. The most powerful tool I have ever come across. Carrie here for the Carnivore Diet Movie, and thank you so much for watching our YouTube videos and listening to our podcast. It's because of you and your support that we're able to do this Carnivore Diet documentary. We're making great progress, and I'm not going to stop until we reach millions of people. But we still need to raise more funds in order to film this properly to the level needed to get it on one of these big streaming services. So we're asking for your help. If you would, please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. And once you're there, you can sign up for free to our email newsletter. And once a week, we'll be sending out updates behind the scenes. Uh, we'll tell you about new meetups. We'll give you special invites and things like that. Completely free. Sign up there. The other thing you can do at the website is purchase our little portable travel size Redmond salt shaker with a keychain holder. People have been loving these. We offered them on our 24-hour live stream. You can purchase these right on the website. And every proceed, every penny that we get from profit goes right towards the carnivore diet documentary. And the other thing we have there are the water bottles, and the cutting boards. They're completely customizable and you can engrave them. Every penny from those goes to support the Carnivore Diet documentary. You can also uh, link on over to the GoFundMe. That's where we'll get the most bang for your buck is there. So please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. Thank you. Hello and welcome. Carrie here from Healing Humanity, the power of a proper human diet. And I am thankful Grateful and blessed to have Dr. Georgia Ede on with me today. Welcome, Dr. Ede. It's nice to nice to meet you. How are you doing? Really great to meet you, Carrie. Uh, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. <laughs> Thank you so much. So um, maybe if we could start out, could you please share a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, sure. So I'm a psychiatrist. I've been practicing psychiatry for 25 years. And uh, these days, I mean, for the past 10 years at least, I've been uh, uh, using nutrition and metabolic principles in my work to help people with mental health conditions, uh, improve the quality of their diet. And uh, so I consider myself a nutritional and metabolic psychiatrist at this point in my career. Nice. Could we talk a little bit more um, about your book? So you shared your book with me. It's called Change Your Diet, Change Your Mind. Uh, I just want people to know that are watching, you can order the book at diagnosisdiet.com. I'll have links in the description below. Um, I guess my, my first question is, what sort of initially sparked your interest in 
kind of the connection between nutrition, diet, and mental health? Yeah, I know it wasn't a connection that I'd ever made uh, 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 before. It, you know, four years of medical school, four years of residency, we didn't talk about food and the brain once, uh, not a single mention. And so I think, you know, like most women I, um, who have a weight problem, I'd always had a weight problem growing up and so forth. I just really thought of my food choices as a way to control my weight. I really didn't think about it beyond that until um, I came across some, some health, some mysterious health issues of my own in my early 40s uh, and was trying to, uh, was, was experimenting with my diet to see if I could improve some of those issues. You know, things like fibromyalgia and IBS and chronic fatigue and migraines that a lot of middle-aged women, uh, you know, come across, not just women, but uh, a lot of my patients were struggling with, and I really didn't know how to help them with any of these things. So I started experimenting with my diet, a trial and error. And this was really before anybody was talking about, um, I mean, back then, I think most people hadn't even heard much about paleo or ketogenic diets, let alone carnivore diets. And so, but the diet that I stumbled upon as I was uh, doing some trial and error experimentation with my diet, I was keeping a food and symptom journal, trying to help myself feel better. After about six months of trial and error changes, the diet I ended up on was a mostly meat diet. And it reversed everything that I was dealing with. Um, and quite, quite to my surprise, but, but you know, those weren't mental health issues necessarily, but what really got my attention was that my mental health also improved and I wasn't even trying to do that. So my, my mental stamina, my, my concentration, my energy, my mood, anxiety levels, you know, winter depression, just everything improved. And I thought this diet seems to be good for the brain and maybe I could use a diet like this in my clinical work to help my patients. But before I do that, I need to make sure this diet isn't going to kill people. I mean, this is, that's what I was taught. You know, I was taught that meat and fat and cholesterol were really bad for you. And if I didn't eat enough fiber, enough vegetables. So I started studying nutrition for the first time. And as you know, <laughs> scratch the surface of any nutrition study that claims that you need to eat a particular way, whole grains and rainbows of fruits and vegetables and those sorts of things, uh, there's no science behind them. So after a number of years of studying and convincing myself that it was safe, I started incorporating various types of nutrition principles into my work, paleo diets, ketogenic diets, carnivore diets, um, to help, you know, to, in combination with sometimes with medications, psychotherapy, you know, um, not necessarily always instead of, but as a really powerful tool to help people improve their mental health, the most powerful tool I have ever come across. So up until that point, I guess traditionally, if someone comes to you for depression or they, they tell you, hey, I'm hopeless, uh, anxiety and depression, is it mostly just medication and talk therapy? Yeah, so that's what we've been doing now for 75 years, right? You know, medications medications really have only been around for about 75 years, uh, uh, modern psychiatric medications anyway, starting in the 1940s and 50s. Um, medications and psychotherapy were really all we had. And uh, that's what people are told, uh, you know, uh, works the best. Um, and now I tell people, uh, unless they're in a crisis or in a specific situation where medication is really important uh, to, to help stabilize uh, or protect somebody from, from uh, an emergency situation, I would say food first, 
food first philosophy. Let's get the brain nutrition right first. Let's improve the quality of the diet, make sure the nutrients are getting there, make sure the blood sugar and insulin levels are where they need to be and take the things out of the diet that are damaging the brain. Why not start there first and, and see how far that can take you? Yeah, it's amazing. I, um, I've heard Dr. Barry and some of these other doctors say, you know, you take your dog to the vet and the first thing they ask him is, what were you feeding them? What's the, what's the animal eating? But with humans, it seems like we, we're never asked that. Hopefully that's something that changes. Hopefully it's something that changes more with your book as well. Um, I, so in, in terms of your book, I absolutely loved it. And I, I feel like uh, I got notes here, but we'll just talk. I got, you got to give credit where credit's due, right? But I also feel like you shouldn't just flatter for the sake of flattering, but honestly, sincerely, that the book would have absolutely changed my life when I was so hopelessly depressed. Like most of my adult life, I was looking for the answer to this. Like, what is wrong with me? Is there something wrong in my brain? Is it just like a genetic thing that I have this depression and anxiety? And so for most of my adult life, I was kind of looking for exactly what you have in this book. Luckily, I found uh, the proper human diet changed my depression anxiety that was about 300 days ago it's completely gone it's completely reversed but i mean for over a decade i was kind of searching for this but i'm still kind of trying to figure this out and i'm learning it through your book but i'm thinking of all the other people that are going to be watching this right now that are hopeless and trying to understand more and i think you cover this pretty well you have four parts in the book and the first part um what is sort of the mechanism behind why i was so hopeless for so many years. And I did the talk therapy and I always show people this, but these were all my meds for yeah. most of those were for depression and anxiety. And when I was at the lowest, darkest point, I went in for help and they're like, we can try this antidepressant, but it's going to take a couple months before we even know if it's going to work. And of course, after like three months, it was like, no, it didn't work. We'll just have to up the dosage. And I just did that for years and years. And it seems yeah. like, uh, it seems like that wasn't the it, well, it doesn't seem like it. It definitely wasn't the, the, it wasn't treating the cause of the problem, which was just the nutrition and then food I'm eating. So, but that's something I'm still trying to figure out and I'm understanding it more through your book, but could you talk about that a little bit more? Like what is the mechanism behind depression and mental health and nutrition? Yeah. So there are a number of mechanisms and the, the, the major ones, the ones that I focus on most in the book, cause they're really the heavy hitters are <clears throat> in addition to nutrient deficiencies, which we've understood for, you know, for a long time. Uh, almost 100 years now, really, uh, we're talking about inflammation, oxidative stress, something called oxidative stress, and insulin resistance. These are the these are features, common features, prominent features of most of the neuropsychiatric conditions that we that we see, not just not just psychiatric conditions, but neurological conditions, brain health problems are, are uh, stem, uh, or at least we can say are strongly associated with you see these you see these uh, these features in uh, really across the board. So it turns out, you know, we say we, we think, you know, oh, well, there's inflammation in the brain. That's that's a relatively new theory that uh, that has caught on. And there's a lot of science behind it. We think, oh, what can we do about that? We have to take anti-inflammatory medications or we have to take we have to eat foods that fight inflammation, special plant foods that have anti-inflammatory properties, superfoods. Uh, oh, we've got oxidative stress. We need more antioxidants. We need, you know, again, these colorful superfoods full of antioxidants, or we need antioxidant supplements to fight the oxidative stress. 
Um, we don't talk a lot about insulin resistance and, and brain health, although I, I'm hoping that, um, that the field of metabolic psychiatry, which is now kind of taking off, will change that. Um, books like Brain Energy by Dr. Chris Palmer uh, and my book talk a lot about that. So, um, so what do you do about insulin resistance? Uh, well, um, you, you change your diet, you lower your insulin levels through diet. So, but so nutrition, we often say, okay, you need anti-inflammatories, you need antioxidants. Uh, we don't stop to think, well, what is causing the inflammation and the oxidative stress in the first place? What is causing the insulin resistance in the first place? Why are so many people nutrient deficient? What are the root causes of these root causes of psychiatric problems? And so uh, when you look at the standard diet that most people are eating, this standard American diet or the SAD diet, um, there are so many ingredients in that diet, which we know there's good science behind this, directly promote and powerfully promote inflammation, oxidative stress, insulin resistance, and even nutrient deficiencies. So again, why not start there? So if you, I mean, I think, you know, the main, the main target that a lot of people should begin to focus on if they don't, you know, want to do something more, more, uh, uh, sort of more, um, uh, targeted is, is refined carbohydrates, simply taking all the sugar and the flour and the cereals and the fruit juices and all of that stuff out of the diet, uh, the, the, the refined carbohydrates are really powerful promoters of inflammation and oxidative stress and insulin resistance. And it also requires a lot more nutrients to process them, turn them into energy. So they, they really are, um, I think, one of the root causes of, of our, our global mental health crisis. In terms of the global mental health crisis, like, what are the stats right now? I think you talk about a little bit in the book, but I don't think it's improving. But what what is mental health sort of outlook looking like? It is grim. I mean, everyone I'm sure who's listening to this and any any audience wouldn't matter whether it's your more probably better informed audience than the average audience. Any audience you talk to, I'm sure that everyone in that audience either is struggling with a mental health issue themselves or uh, is a very closely, uh, uh, has somebody very close to them who has a mental health issue. None of us is untouched by this now. We've got nearly a billion people on the planet with a mental health disorder. I mean, it's ridiculous. And in the United States, uh, you know, one in five, one in six, depending on which study you look at, uh, are, are taking psychiatric medication, at least one psychiatric medication. This is, this is absolutely unacceptable. And we, it's one thing to say, okay, well, my, this is a really, really serious problem. Um, what are we going to do about it is really the question. And a lot of times you'll see you know, on, on social media and you'll hear in conversations, well, we just need more providers. We need, we need better access to medication. We need lower price medications. We need more psychiatrists. We need more counselors. We need less stigma. We need, we need more services. Well, that is all true, but we also need a different conversation about mental health. Like what is causing this in the first place? And it's not, it's not just stress. Yes, stress plays a role, but it's not just stress. And we've had stress forever. You know, life is stressful. And, uh, but that, I mean, yes, it contributes, but it's not, it, 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 it can't explain the skyrocketing worldwide increase in mental health disorders of all kinds across the board. So, you know, 
these the rise in mental health conditions really closely parallels the deterioration in the quality of of our diet and which is especially over the past 50 years has been um our diet has changed dramatically and so of course what we're putting inside of us is one of the things that we have the most control over there's only so much you can do about your stress level. There's only so much you can do about, you know, um, uh, there's only so much you can do in therapy and with medication. They're, both of those are can be very helpful, but they have their limitations. There's nothing you can do about your parents or your childhood or bad experiences you've already gone through, um, unfortunately, your genes. But you can do a lot about how you feed your brain, and it can make a tremendous difference. Right. Yeah, I, I like to simplify things. I was trying to think of a good analogy, but it seems like with my mental health, it's kind of like um, I was a broken sink and it was just leaking water and it wasn't draining. It was pouring all over the floor. And instead of fixing the sink, I would go in for help, medication and stuff. And we would just we would mop the water off the floor while it's still overflowing over the sink. It's like just treat the root cause of the problem. And I think you're absolutely right. It's And if you look at as we continue to just it's like the other thing is we're getting further and further away from what's natural for humans yeah. eating these processed foods and yeah. not getting sunlight and not getting exercise and fresh air and things like that but mainly the diet and if you look at it on a chart is like you said we're eating more and more of this stuff it seems like people are getting sicker and sicker but we for one reason or another we're not looking at the root cause of the problem we're not fixing the sink we're just uh trying to find ways to sort of patch it and work around it right um, you mentioned inflammation in the brain. This is a big question I have for you too. I, I've overcome just horrible hopelessness, depression, anxiety, and I've been doing several videos about the proper human diet and I've uh, been fortunate to talk to some of these really good doctors and a lot of individuals. And it's just incredible. I get so many stories like, oh, I overcame type two diabetes or I lost a bunch of weight. But the number one thing I hear is mental health improvements when they improve their diet. Literally, I've heard it thousands of times now through all of the comments. It's it's just, but then people are like, well, that's just anecdotal. And it's like, at what point isn't it an anecdote anymore? But one of the other things I've heard a lot of, and I experienced this myself, and this is a question I had for you, is depression, um, anxiety is gone, but the brain fog is completely gone. And I knew I had brain fog before because I would always kind of stammer and try to find my words and I couldn't find them. I would ask my girls to go empty the thing that turns with puts the, the the dishwasher like I'd have to do that every single time and now it's just right there I can think of it right away but I didn't know how deep the brain fog was until I got out of it and someone said yeah you can't see the fog until you're out of the fog and I'm like my goodness that is so true is that brain fog is that inflammation or what do we know what that is because I hear that from so many people that are leaving comments on my videos that they they get rid of the brain fog pretty quickly when eating properly when you eat properly, uh, I mean, the number one phrase I hear too is mental clarity, right? So mental clarity is a benefit of eating properly and eating properly, you know, we can talk about what that means, but uh, there are there are several different possible explanations for how, how diets like these can improve uh, brain clarity, uh, mental clarity. And one is... Carrie here for the Carnivore Diet Movie. And thank you so much for watching our YouTube videos and listening to our podcast. 
It's because of you and your support that we're able to do this carnivore diet documentary. We're making great progress, and I'm not going to stop until we reach millions of people. But we still need to raise more funds in order to film this properly to the level needed to get it on one of these big streaming services. So we're asking for your help. If you would, please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. And once you're there, you can sign up for free to our email newsletter. And once a week, we'll be sending out updates behind the scenes. Uh, We'll tell you about new meetups. We'll give you special invites and things like that. Completely free. Sign up there. The other thing you can do at the website is purchase our little portable travel size Redmond salt shaker with a keychain holder. People have been loving these. We offered them on our 24-hour live stream. You can purchase these right on the website. And every proceed, every penny that we get from profit goes right towards the carnivore diet documentary. And the other thing we have there are the water bottles, and the cutting boards. They're completely customizable, and you can engrave them. Every penny from those goes to support the Carnivore Diet documentary. You can also uh, link on over to the GoFundMe. That's where we'll get the most bang for your buck is there. So please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. Thank you. Uh, Better energy delivery to the brain. Mm. So, of course, if the brain isn't getting enough energy which it now isn't for the vast majority of us because the vast majority of us now have insulin resistance of the brain. And so uh, depending on which study you look at, anywhere between you know 52% and 88% of Americans have insulin resistance. And if you have insulin resistance, your brain isn't able to, uh, insulin isn't able to cross as easily into the brain as it should. Glucose, blood sugar will still cross easily into the brain, no questions asked but insulin has a harder and harder time getting through. And that's really devastating because the brain can't process glucose to full capacity without adequate insulin. So if you know your brain can literally be swimming in a sea of glucose, you really never need to worry about your brain not getting enough glucose and still be starving to death mm. slowly over a very long, long period of time, silently in the background. This is a huge risk factor for, for dementia, a causal, a causal, contributing factor to to Alzheimer's disease, really the major contributing factor. So without enough energy, the brain will not function properly. And and how that affects you as an individual is going to depend on your genetics and your and how you've lived your life up to that point. But it's going to have an effect because the brain is a really high energy organ. And if it doesn't get reliable, smooth, high quality fuel 24-7, it's not going to work right. And that might look like depression for some people. It might look like, um, you know, ADHD for some people. It might look like memory problems for some people, anxiety. It's going to vary. So one issue is energy. But another uh, possible explanation for why people experience mental clarity is because inflammation goes down mm-hmm. on uh, these diets. Uh, we're talking about low, low insul- lower insulin diets, lower carbohydrate diets, carnivore diets, ketogenic diets, and low glycemic index diets insulin levels come down um, and inflammation comes down. So there are a lot of ingredients in the modern diet that promote inflammation, refined carbohydrates, vegetable oils. Um, For some people, it can be dairy products. Um, There there can be lots of foods that that people can can, uh, experience as inflammatory as well. And that's where some troubleshooting comes in. But really the, the, the refined carbohydrates and seed oils. So Inflammation of the brain is going to make it more difficult to concentrate and, and, and inflammation is damaging, as is oxidative stress. These are damaging. So 
um, if the brain isn't, if the brain's under attack and you're not spending any time in healing mode in a lower insulin, lower glucose state where the brain can actually heal, you can do this through fasting, you can do this through special diets, um, um, you can do this through exercise. If you're not spending enough time in that healing state, your brain is never going to be able to recover from all that inflammation and oxidative stress that you've put it through throughout the day. So all of these, uh, all, all of these could account for brain fog, as could nutrient deficiencies, right? So B vitamins, for example, you can't make brain energy without B vitamins. Uh, you actually need, of course, all the essential nutrients to, for the brain to function. So there are many different possible explanations, um, and we don't know. Uh, I don't know of a study looking specifically at brain fog. We don't know which one of these mechanisms or maybe all of them or some combination of them might be uh, uh, at play for different individuals, maybe one or more of these. Right. Yeah, I almost wonder too, holistically, like the whole body, I just realized I was eating so much so often before and so many different types of foods the amount of energy my entire body took just to process all of that stuff. Like, oh, here's a salad with 10 different ingredients and a seed oil dressing. And then an hour later, there's some sugar and you're putting that all into your body, which just had to require an incredible amount of energy just for your body to process, let alone your, your brain. Yes. Um, so another section you have in the book is our descent into dietary madness. Um, really enjoyed this section. How... <laughs> How do we get here with we're big brained humans, smartest species on the planet, and we're consuming these foods that are just so bad for us, sugars and seed oils and processed foods. Um, it's like we're the only species on the planet that needs to self-regulate and diet and count calories and do all of these things. What can you speak a little bit to like how did we get here as a species? Uh yeah, so uh, we're the only creatures on the face of the earth that don't, you know, just kind of eat whole plant and animal foods. And uh, we process everything be before we eat it. And, uh, you know, often to our detriment, I mean, depending on the kind of processing we're talking about, you can, you, uh, you, could, you could say that, you know, some forms of processing have their benefits. But uh, once we get to the ultra processed foods, you've lost any potential benefit of, pro of processing. Uh, and it's all, it's all risk and no benefit. So, um, how do we get here? Well, it started, I can be, really go back a long way. It started with agriculture, uh, you know, and, you know, trying to feed large, large uh, numbers of people with foods that were easy to grow um, and they could provide large numbers of calories to large numbers of people. So when we shifted gradually from hunter gatherer lifestyles, we're eating whole plant and animal foods, essentially minimally processed, you know, it might've been cooked or chopped or maybe even fermented. Um, uh, certainly never, uh, certainly never, um, put through an industrial plant. Uh, agriculture was, was, was step one in the wrong direction because the foods that we uh, grow uh, as staple foods, things like uh, wheat, uh, uh, you know, and uh, other types of grains, these are extremely nutrient poor and very high in anti-nutrients and, and other kinds of damaging molecules. These, these foods are really not fit for human consumption. I mean, they provide calories, uh, uh, but they don't provide enough nutrients and they actually have a lot of risks associated in terms of, you know, damaging our health and putting, really taxing our, our gastrointestinal system our, our, and our immune system. So that was step one in the wrong direction. Step two was really, you know, really in the past hundred or 200 years where 
where sugar and flour became ubiquitous and affordable for everyone on earth, which hadn't been the case before. So um, modern processing techniques and and uh, you know, made these made these products available to everyone. So sugar used to be a luxury that, that most people couldn't afford, and now it's in everything. Mm-hmm. Vegetable oil only came around about a hundred years ago or so. Fantastic book on that, Nina Teicholz. Big fat surprise if you're curious about vegetable oil. But vegetable oil was really uh, didn't exist until we had these oil refineries that could extract oils out of out of seeds. Uh, so, uh, and these are also very, very damaging to our health. So I see agriculture as step one and modern industrialized processing techniques uh, to make refined carbohydrates and refined seed oils as step two. And then step three, the ultra processed ingredients that are now all the preservatives and emulsifiers and dyes and artificial this and that that's been added to our food supply uh, is, is I think uh, the, the last straw. <laughs> Yeah, and it seems like some of this craziness um, becomes like a social norm, and everyone's just doing it. So it's just oh, that's just the way it's kind of always been. But I don't know. Once you're out of that and you're just eating properly and regularly, I look back, I'm like, that is just really crazy. Some of the things like I've seen some studies on seed oils that can stay in your body for a couple of years, and they're in everywhere. That was my other question too. Like on the seed oils versus sugar. Um, are seed oils inflammatory like sugar? Are they just as bad? Is it like pretty much? Yeah. So, so uh, the the big issue with seed oils, um, I think the one that has the most science behind it is the oxidative stress. I mean, yes, they can also promote inflammation, but oxidative stress, meaning that these are really uh, the problem with seed oils is that they're excessively unnaturally sources uh, uh, rich sources of linoleic acid, which is a very fragile omega-6 polyunsaturated fatty acid. So it's a it's a long, fragile molecule, and it breaks down easily. It oxidizes easily under oxidative stress, and, 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 and then it creates this chain reaction where all these toxic byproducts are produced and molecules in the neighborhood uh, are also oxidized and damaged. So we get just a lot of oxidative stress and uh, in, 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 the, in the brain as well. So uh, what we need to be mindful of with the vegetable oils is that, you know, yes, they come from just like sugar, you know, it comes from a whole food. So small amounts of this, of this linoleic acid would have been normal and natural in our diet. You can find it in whole plant and animal foods in very small amounts, um, a little bit more in, in, in nuts and seeds, but still not an overwhelmingly high amount of linoleic acid. But when you put those seeds through an industrial refining process with at least 15 steps long and you concentrate it using organic solvents and you pour it into a bottle and then you uh, you make mayonnaise out of it and salad dressings out of it and you fry all your all your uh, chips in it and, and your french fries and so forth and you cook with it and uh, and and you pour it into all your baked goods as a replacement for butter or lard now you've got a diet with 20 to 30 times the, the natural, naturally occurring amounts of linoleic acid that we would have experienced. So it's a highly unnatural and very dangerous, uh, brand new uh, uh, thing for, for, for us as a species to experience. Yeah, the thing with the seed oils that gets me too is it's like, why even bother? <laughs> you know? It's like butter, lard, like why, why even bother? I don't know what the, the point is of trying to experiment on my body. Well, maybe I'll be okay. There's, you're like, there's no taste to them. There's nothing. I don't understand the 
the point behind it. They don't. Taste, one of those, they yeah. don't smell good, um, you know. And they uh, and like you said, there's no reason to consume them. But here's the problem: we're told that there are. We are told that we are supposed to. That we must consume linoleic acid. And this is that's another rabbit hole we could go down. But there is absolutely no reason to consume linoleic acid from a bio biological perspective. <laughs> uh, one of the other questions I had. Uh, in your section are descent into dietary madness. Um, so I, like I said, myself and so many other people I've talked to are just having amazing results, just changing, eating the proper foods humans are intended to eat uh, mm -hmm. from a mental health perspective, but also weight loss and people overcoming type two diabetes. I overcame IBS, arthritis, so many things. Those are all short-term things I noticed relatively quickly. What are some of the longer term effects um, on the brain of having a high carb diet and I guess continuing to do what I did before I switched to the proper human diet. Oh yeah. So really uh, the thing that, uh, that I wish more people understood is that the more sugar and other refined carbohydrates there are in your diet, the hotter it becomes for your brain to turn that sugar into energy. So, and it sounds like a paradox. It sounds, it sounds like it shouldn't be right, but it is. So and the reason for that is that the more, if you're eating too many of the wrong carbohydrates too often, you'll be getting these very frequent and uh, unnaturally steep spikes and crashes in blood sugar levels, and also, uh, and very, right on its tail, steep spikes and crashes in insulin to, to deal with that sugar. Right. So you've got these, you've kind of put yourself on this roller coaster of glucose and insulin, and when you do that, um, you you cause two problems. Uh, right off the bat. One is every time you get a blood sugar spike, you get a brain sugar spike. And the brain is very sensitive to glucose. It doesn't like to have high amounts of glucose. Um, and uh, when there's too much glucose in the brain, that extra glucose will literally stick to important molecules in the cells of the brain throughout the brain and create these um, uh, molecules, these kind of crippled, dysfunctional, kind of caramelized molecules called advanced glycation end products. And these need to be cleared out by the brain's immune system. They're very damaging if they're allowed to accumulate. So, um, and then the brain is, you know, the, the immune system will create inflammation and oxidative stress to deal with these, like on purpose, that's part of your immune system reaction, healthy, to deal with these kind of like an emergency responses and to deal with these caramelized clusters and get rid of them. And then the brain is supposed to heal. Uh, but if you're eating this way three, four, five, six times a day, the brain never gets a chance to heal. It's always dealing with these, these crisis situations. So you've got a lot of chronic inflammation and oxidative stress going on. So that's one issue. The other issue is the insulin spikes themselves. Because the more insulin you flood your system with, the harder it becomes for that insulin to cross into the brain. And so what then you've got is that situation we were talking about before where plenty of glucose, but not enough insulin in the brain to use it to full capacity. Your brain is very gradually over a period of decades without you realizing it, losing steam. And so uh, it, it really, uh, you can lose 10% uh, you of your brain's uh, glucose processing uh, capacity before you even notice any problems with your mm. ability to concentrate. And so, uh, Alzheimer's dementia is a perfect example of what can happen. Uh, Alzheimer's disease doesn't happen overnight. It is preceded by decades of gradually slowing brain glucose processing. 
the brain's glucose processing is becoming more and more sluggish. And when that happens, eating more glucose is not gonna solve your problem. It's actually gonna just to make it worse. So what can you do? You've got this vicious cycle, right? So what you need is a supplemental energy source that can bridge that gap. And that's where ketones come in. So mm. if, you're, if you're in a fat burning state, if you're lowering your insulin levels enough, however you can, lower your insulin levels enough to turn fat burning on, the liver will, make, will break some of that fat down into ketones which can travel into the brain, cross into the brain beautifully. Even if you have severe insulin resistance, they will cross beautifully into the brain and the brain loves to burn ketones for energy and will grab onto those ketones and put them to work, getting your systems back up online. So it's very, very important to, um, to test yourself for insulin resistance, spend, I think everybody needs to spend at least some time in ketosis, um, even, even if not all the time, uh, to keep that yin yang system going, you know, shifting back and forth between carbohydrate metabolism and fat metabolism is a very healthy thing to be able to do. But a lot of us have lost that metabolic flexibility and need to now shift to a more ketogenic, um, approach. Um, uh, and, and this is the, the power, the healing power of the ketogenic diet. Yeah, I, I say that often uh, in my videos is people deserve to live a day like I do with no inflammation and so many people are never going to feel that way and it's kind of a shame. One thing you mentioned a couple times now is oxidative stress and chronic inflammation and I've been so blessed to talk to some so many people uh, including Professor Thomas Seafried uh, oh. regarding cancer and that was one of the things I was like, I, had, I have a good friend, Jeff DeProsperous. He's on a journey to be cancer-free. He also suffered from depression and anxiety and eating uh, proper human diet, in his case, carnivore diet, depression, and anxiety are completely gone. His chemotherapy treatments are so much more um, bearable and tolerable uh, when he's in a state of ketosis. But that was the biggest takeaway I had from Professor Seafried. He said, if you have chronic inflammation long enough, it leads to mitochondria damage and that can lead to cancer. And that's most of the ways people end up getting cancers, just chronic inflammation for years and years and years. So it's like the more you dig into this, you, you fix your diet and uh, change your diet, change your mind. But it's like unless you have the right mind and you have hope, you can't kind of change some of those other things. But then there's just so many other things that are affected from um, possibly reducing your odds of getting cancer or type 2 diabetes or IBS. It's just like. It's everything. It's you, you use the word uh, metabolism or metabolic health a couple times too. And that was something I never really heard of before carnivore. And now I hear it all the time. And I feel like that is something everyone should know about. When I tell people how I eat, they all ask me about my cholesterol and my, what's your cholesterol? And that's all they care about. And that's all they're worried about. Um, from what I've learned is like your, your metabolic health is so much more important. Uh, for everything. Like, I heard a stat from uh, Dr. Ovadia. He said, if you have poor metabolic health, you're six times more likely to have heart disease than if your cholesterol is slightly high, but nobody cares about metabolic health. Hopefully that's something we can change going forward. I've talked to so many people that have overcome depression, anxiety, uh, by just changing their diet. Uh, what have you experienced with patients or people that you've advised, things like that? Yeah. So, you know, like I was saying before, th this is the most powerful intervention I have at my disposal. 
And uh, it, it is an intervention that only the other person can, can implement, right? So I can't change your diet. Um, you know, it, and, and that's a blessing and a curse. You know, if I give you a medication and say, okay, here's the medication, people have figured out how this works and all you have to do is take it. Um, I mean, you have to agree to, to take it or try it, but you're not really having to do much other than that, right? So a dietary change is a very different thing. It's really difficult. Um, sometimes it's difficult to even conceive of, you know, how, how in the world would I do this? Um, but it, it takes a lot of work and it takes commitment and it takes curiosity and open-mindedness. Like I say, you know, um, to change your mind with diet, you have to change your mind about diet. And there are a lot of intellectual barriers to eating a different way because we've been you know, miseducated about, you know, what a, what a brain healthy diet is supposed to look like or what a healthy diet in general is supposed to look like. So the flip side of it being difficult is that it's also much more empowering, right? So I can't change your diet, only you can change your diet. But if you change your diet, you will then, and you experience benefits, which the vast majority of my patients do. Um, I like to say, and this is true, I mean, I've worked with hundreds of patients and in dietary interventions. I think I can count on two hands the number of people who have not improved their mental health relatively quickly in some important, meaningful way. Carrie here for the Carnivore Diet Movie, and thank you so much for watching our YouTube videos and listening to our podcasts. It's because of you and your support that we're able to do this Carnivore Diet documentary. We're making great progress, and I'm not going to stop until we reach millions of people. But we still need to raise more funds in order to film this properly to the level needed to get it on one of these big streaming services. So we're asking for your help. If you would, please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. And once you're there, you can sign up for free to our email newsletter. And once a week, we'll be sending out updates behind the scenes. Uh, we'll tell you about new meetups. We'll give you special invites and things like that. Completely free. Sign up there. The other thing you can do at the website is purchase our little portable travel size Redmond salt shaker with a keychain holder. People have been loving these. We offered them on our 24-hour live stream. You can purchase these right on the website. And every proceed, every penny that we get from profit goes right towards the Carnivore Diet documentary. And the other thing we have there are the water bottles, and the cutting boards. They're completely customizable and you can engrave them. Every penny from those goes to support the Carnivore Diet documentary. You can also uh, link on over to the GoFundMe. That's where we'll get the most bang for your buck is there. So please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. Thank you. Uh, uh, with dietary changes. It's a really, really powerful intervention. So, um, you know, but it's empowering, not just profits, empowering, meaning if you do that, you're going to be so proud of yourself and you're going to know you did that for yourself and you can decide if you want to keep going. You can weigh the risks and benefits for yourself. Like, okay, how hard is it? And is it really worth it? And, you know, because for most people, and this is a, a big chunk of my work is just getting them to the other side, going through that transition, uh, you know, managing the transition phase and, and kind of holding their hands with them and saying, look, it's worth it to get to their side too. So you can see, we can see together, you know, what's possible for you. And if you feel better, then you will have information that you can use to decide what you want to do next. But if you don't, like you said, everybody deserves to have this experience. 
you deserve to find out what it feels like to be in this other state of mind. Mm -hmm. And if you're one of the very few people that it doesn't work for, okay. But the vast majority of people are going to feel so much better. And it's usually this experience where people say, oh, I have never felt this way before. Mm -hmm. I, I just don't even recognize myself. A lot of people say, who am I? Like, I, this is not me. And that's, it's just life changing when people have that experience. And, uh, and I know that it's the diet because food addiction is an issue and change behavior changes hard. So people stop and start and they fall off and they start again. Every single time they go off the diet, they feel worse. Every single time they go back on the diet, they feel better. So it's clearly uh, that it's clearly that that's what's happening. So I agree with you hundred percent people listening, you owe it to yourself to discover what is possible for you. It doesn't matter what the studies say. And like you said, is, Oh, it's just an anecdote. Well, if you're the anecdote, then that's, that's, that's what matters. Right. Right. Who cares if you're only the one in 1000, which you won't be, if you're one in a thousand people, great. You're you've gotten better. So uh, it doesn't matter if the study, what, what the studies say or don't say, or which studies have been done or not done. Do the experiment for yourself. You have nothing to lose. Right. Yeah, it's so true. I, I, used, I, I was saying that before. It's like, um, I feel like I'm the captain of my own ship where I'm in total control. It wasn't something I expected doing this, uh, but there's definitely something to be said for that. And I hear it from a lot of other people where the food was in so much control of me before. Now I have there's like no addiction, even like diet soda or this or that. It's like, I'm just going to eat what I want because I'm hungry and I need it for sustenance and it's not an addiction anymore. Something very liberating about that. That's kind of hard to explain to people. It's just one of the other added benefits. But the anecdotal thing too is funny. I heard Dr. Jordan Peterson talking about, uh, he does the lion diet and he's like, I, his reach is incredible. Of course. He's like, I have tens of thousands of people telling me how they're overcoming mental health issues eating this way. He's like, at what point isn't it an anecdote anymore? <laughs> it's like it's like a hypothesis that needs to be tested at this point. There's so many people and I've seen the same thing. And then people like Dr. Barry, my goodness, the number of people that he's reached uh, talking about this. Um, yeah, people just deserve to, uh, to, to feel this way for sure. I feel this good and to feel like a proper human. I was I was like, I was, of course, alive before this, but I wasn't living. I feel like I'm living now like a proper human, like uh, like I was intended to. And the thing I tell people, too, is it's not just that I'm no longer clinically, suicidally, horribly, hopelessly depressed, which, of oh. course, is great. I'm not just even. I'm the opposite of whatever that was. Like, I am happy. My default, I have a smile. If you ask me how I'm doing, it's almost always I'm doing wonderful. I'm great. I'm happy to be alive. So it's not just not being depressed anymore. It's whatever the opposite of being depressed and hopeless is. Right. It's not just the absence of symptoms. It's the presence of well-being. Uh, it's the pre you're thriving. You're not just getting by. You're not just not depressed. You're feeling great and you can, you can see it, you can hear it in your voice. You can, you know, you can see it. Um, and uh, it's, it's really, really uh, remarkable. So, you know, the most that medications can do is kind of tamp down symptoms when they do work, because they don't work for most people, but when they do work and they do help some people and they're really important, I would just want to, you know, mention that again, that, that you know, medications have their place. Um, and, but they, they don't have the same, they don't have that same capacity to sort of really fundamentally change your operating system is really what's happening. 
And you know, you do, and most people have been eating the wrong way or feeding their brains improperly their entire every single day for their entire lives. So they have no idea how much better they could feel if they eat if they ate correctly, which is why it's really worth experimenting with your diet, even for a short period of time, which is what I try to help people do in the book, explore a different way of eating, several different options you can choose from just to see um, what that feels like. And there are some people who just think that they're just naturally depressed or they're just naturally a sour disposition or they're just naturally you know, um, irritable. Or it, it's just, you have no idea who you actually are, how you actually feel uh, if you're feeding your brain, it's like, it's like you know, if, if you put the wrong fuel in a car and you expect it to work, it could be an amazing car. It could be, you know, a $200,000 fancy car of some kind. I'm not a car person, so I don't know. But, they, <laughs> but you know, it's a beautiful car. But it, and if it doesn't, it won't run if you're putting the wrong fuel inside of it. There's nothing wrong with a car. It's the fuel. So if you change the fuel, you can experience, you know, may, maybe you're a Rolls Royce and you feel like you're kind of a broken down jalopy. Um, you know, that's, uh, you, 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 have, you deserve, uh, I really like the way you said that, you really deserve to experience, um, discover what your, what your personal best truly is. Yeah, absolutely. And it just keeps getting better and better too, which is, I did a video with Dr. Chafee when I was on day like 100 and he's like, Carrie, your mitochondria, I don't even understand the science behind it, but he's like, your mitochondria, like this and that, it's just going to keep getting better. I'm like, ah, it's not going to get any better than this, Dr. Chafee, but it has. Like The crazy thing more recently in the last couple of weeks is I just feel like without the brain fog or whatever, my senses feel more heightened. Like when I listen to music, I can hear the guitar and I can hear the drums. And before I was in such a brain fog before, it was kind of like uh when I was a teenager, I got glasses. And the first time I put the glasses on, I was like, whoa, like I could see every little leaf on the tree, but my whole life, they were all blurry. It's looking at life through a completely different lens. And it's hard for people to understand when you're, that becomes your normal. You do it your whole life. You see a blurry tree your whole life. You think everyone sees a blurry tree, but it's, once you put those glasses on it, it can change everything forever. So well, your, uh, your vision system, your hearing system, your taste buds, these are extensions of your brain. These are parts of your brain. So when you're improving brain health, brain metabolism, brain nutrition, uh, brain healing, when you're, when you've, when you've optimized all of those things with just a few, a few dietary changes that we're told are bad for us, um, everything, everything gets better. And so, uh, there's so much, and, and it's not just for the brain, the whole body that we don't need a different diet for the brain, for the body. All the cells need the same basic nutritional care. So don't worry that if you make this dietary changes for your brain, that somehow it's going to compromise some other organ system. It's not the way it works. Every you have you have the potential to get, I like to say, you know, with medications, you can get a lot of side effects. With the dietary interventions, you can get a lot of side benefits, things you weren't even didn't even realize needed to be improved upon or you know you, you don't know like you said you can't see the fog until you're out out of the fog so it's just so exciting you know it's like a discovery process a collaborative discovery process that uh working this way because you know it changes the way i feel about practicing because i'm you know i'm using every every aspect of my training you know motivational interviewing and support and psychotherapy techniques and behavioral change techniques um and all my biochemistry knowledge right uh, and my experience, my clinical experience. And um, so I feel better. I feel like I'm actually helping people improve their brain health. And for the patients, it it feels completely different to them because, you know, maybe they're not 
maybe it's not all about their childhood and maybe it's not all about some chemical imbalance that nobody understands and nobody can measure. You know, maybe it's not all about some very real trauma that they've experienced. You know, maybe at least in part, you know, their mental health symptoms, whatever they are, have a relatively straightforward um, biological root cause that can be reversed with dietary changes. So the, it, it's a it's a completely different process working this way. Mm. I love that. I kind of what you just said. I I interviewed Dr. Tony Hampton, who introduced us. Shout yeah, out Dr. Yeah, Tony yeah. Hampton. He's the best. So we're doing this documentary, Healing Humanity, and we filmed Dr. Hampton for it. And one of the incredible things he told me is similar to what you just said, Dr. Ede, was um, he said early on in his practice, he'd help a couple of people get off their meds. And he was like, last week, I got like seven people off their meds. And one of them was for type <laughs> two diabetes. And it's just from nutrition. So it's like covers so many different things. Then you got Dr. Philip Ovadia, a heart surgeon talking about things like this. It's so life-changing on on so many fronts um i get i get so enthusiastic about this probably part of it's because it's making up for lost time but people always ask me that they're like were you always this passionate i was like no i was hopelessly depressed i feel like i was in a prison and now i'm out of it so it's hard not to be excited but you know when i see like loved ones and friends and family what what's a good approach i really like like your chapter four was hope is on the menu and you have the quiet diet approach I was hoping we could talk about that a little bit. And then I guess just maybe in general, what's a good approach? Because you can't, like you said, you can't change anyone. They have to make the decision to do it themselves. But you're going against these very, very powerful social norms that say you got to eat your fruits and vegetables and meat's going to kill you. And it's it's so hard. Uh, and then when you see loved ones that are suffering. So uh, do you have any advice or uh, maybe we could talk a little bit more about your, your quiet diet approach you have in the book? Yeah. So, you know, I put a variety of strategies in the book because I wanted people to be able to grab on wherever they felt comfortable. Right. So, um, yes, there's a carnivore diet approach in the book, but there's also a, a, a whole foods ketogenic diet approach in the book. There's even a kind of lower glycemic index paleo diet approach in the book. And then there's even a list of single changes that you can make to your diet if that's all you feel ready to do. And I've listed the ones that are most impactful, you know, things like removing the refined carbohydrates and the vegetable oils from, from the diet, experimenting with the dairy-free, you know, different things you can try if you don't feel ready to do something more sort of fundamentally uh, restructuring of the diet. Um, so there, there, I want people to know they have options and that you can, you can grab on wherever you feel ready to grab on, right? So um, just about any change you make to this sort of standard American diet is going to be a step in the right direction, right? So, um, uh, but in terms of helping people, like you're saying, you know, family members uh, or, you know, skeptical people or people who are, who are anxious or worried about the, you know, the, the uh, health risks of these dietary interventions, which there aren't any, um, but uh, if there were, you know, uh, sometimes uh, the best way to convince people who are skeptical is to simply live your example mm. and be patient. And if they have questions or if they get curious to engage at that point. So um, it's, it's often not very useful to, uh, I learned this the hard way because <laughs> years ago, I, you know, I was, I was so excited about these things that I, <laughs> every patient that walked into the room, I, I, you know, I was like, Oh, what about this? What about this? Uh, you know, nutrition is a really charged and very complicated and personal topic. 
So, uh, and some people have really, really strong feelings about food um, and a cultural, spiritual, religious, uh, political um, feelings about food, and that's okay. Uh, so, but you have to tread lightly, right? So I, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't recommend just kind of you know, walking around and telling people what they should eat. Um, I, I just want people to have the right information. So one way is by living, living an example. I think anybody in your life who has noticed the changes that you've gone through is going to wonder, how did he do that? <laughs> you know, um, they might come to you and ask you, um, but in, but for people who are, you know, I, I teach a training program to clinicians in, in uh, ketogenic diets for mental health. And and one whole module is about how do you engage and motivate people and, and talk about food in a way that they will be more likely be more receptive to, right? And we talk about your no's, your maybes, and your yeses, right? Plenty of no's in the world. Uh, there may be lots of reasons why they don't feel ready to change their diet or uh, refuse to change their diet or just aren't interested you can explore what those might be, but you know, those are your nose. You can, you know, don't, don't waste your time and spend too much time there because there are plenty of maybes in the world where you can practice your motivational skills and lots of yeses who, who need help and just want to know how to do it. Right. So in the book, if you're a yes, I've got strategies for you. If you're a maybe, um, you know, the, the really uh, engaging with a maybe uh, and there are lots of maybes around, you really want to find okay what do they care about the most right so if someone comes into me or is dragged into me by a family member with you know let's say an eating disorder let's say uh, uh, and uh, or let's say that they've got a lot of metabolic health issues and they're eating a lot of carbohydrates and they're really overweight and they feel they're inflamed and they have uh, diabetes etc and they don't want to change their diet right so what I might want for them or what their family member might want for them might be very different from what they want for themselves, right? So the first step is always, what do they care about? What do they, what do they, uh, what are their goals, right? So this always reminds me of um, uh, back when I was in a psychiatry residency training program, there was uh, a smoking uh, an expert, uh, an expert psychiatrist who specialized in helping people quit smoking he was a sm smoking cessation expert. And he gave us this great talk about motivational interviewing, right? And he said that he had a woman in, in her 80s roll into his office in a wheelchair with an oxygen tank on her back, lifelong smoker. And he said, asked her the same question he asked everybody. He said, so have you ever thought about quitting smoking? Carrie here for the Carnivore Diet Movie, and thank you so much for watching our YouTube videos and listening to our podcasts. It's because of you and your support that we're able to do this Carnivore Diet documentary. We're making great progress, and I'm not going to stop until we reach millions of people. But we still need to raise more funds in order to film this properly to the level needed to get it on one of these big streaming services. So we're asking for your help. If you would, please visit www dot carnivore diet dot com and once you're there you can sign up for free to our email newsletter and once a week we'll be sending out updates behind the scenes uh, we'll tell you about new meetups we'll give you special invites and things like that completely free sign up there the other thing you can do at the website is purchase our little portable travel size redmond salt shaker with a keychain holder people have been loving these we offered them on our 24-hour live stream you can purchase these right on the website and every proceed every penny that we get from profit goes right towards the carnivore diet documentary and the other thing we have there are the water bottles 
and the cutting boards. They're completely customizable and you can engrave them. Every penny from those goes to support the carnivore diet documentary. You can also uh, link on over to the GoFundMe. That's where we'll get the most bang for your buck is there. So please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. Thank you. And she said, well, yes, of course, man. That's why I'm here. <laughs> you know, and he said, okay, well, uh, what, why, you know, what difference would it make in your life if you, if you quit smoking? And she said, well, I hear it causes wrinkles, <laughs> you know? So this was what she cared about. And, uh, and he went there with her, you know, said, yes, there's, you know, it's premature skin aging through oxidative stress. And I have papers on this and let's talk about that. And, and so this is the thing is that I might want better. I might, if you come to me and you're depressed, I might want you to feel less depressed, but maybe you don't care about your depression. Maybe you're worried about that Alzheimer's runs in your family, or maybe you want to lose weight, you know, whatever it is you care about, I will have a lot more, um, uh, influence over what you feel open to. If I can show you the connection between your diet and whatever it is you care about the most. Mm. And, and I think that's really, really useful. Uh, um, no matter what's a family member, a friend, a coworker, or a patient that I happen to be working with, um, set a good example, follow people's curiosity, figure out what their goals are, and start there. Yeah, I love that. And they got to have a why. You got to understand sort of their why. Huh. I love your point about setting a good example. Um, I Both of my sisters are doing this now and my daughter is and my mom is and my stepdad wow. so there it's it's starting to work that way but um not to shamelessly plug this but the documentary we're doing healing humanity that was the whole idea behind it the only reason i'm doing it is because of the mental health changes it wasn't the weight loss or anything else but it was just to simply show examples of real people eating a proper human diet that are suffering from mental health issues being the primary one obesity diabetes um, heart disease Let's just see what happens, but put those real examples out in the world. Cause I think that's the most powerful thing is those real examples because someone's story might resonate with me and my personal why. So um, that's something that, that we're working on. And um, I, I can always edit this out. I don't want to put you on the spot, but I was wondering if you'd be interested in participating in the documentary in any way. Oh, twist my arm. Oh, I, I mean, I, of course, I mean, I absolutely. And I told you this when you reached out to me, when, when, uh, uh Dr. Hampton introduced us, I, I watched a few minutes of your, of your, um, uh, uh, video where you were, where you were, um, explaining like what you were trying to do and started to tell you know, some, you had some people come on and tell their stories within a few, I mean, uh, you had me at hello. I mean, I just, I love what you're doing. I love what you're doing. And uh, this is exactly what needs to happen because, you know, I can talk science till I'm blue in the face, but it's the stories that really resonate with people. They cut through, they, they get in, they resonate with people in a different way, much more powerful. We're, we're designed to learn through storytelling as human beings. Uh, so this is, I, that's why I put stories in my own book uh, and why, why, and, and, and video media as a medium, you know, uh, is, much more powerful than than the written word than the even spoken word you see and feel and hear these experiences and it's really hard to ignore it's really hard not to take that in and at least i think it has a much greater chance of opening people's minds and hearts to these interventions than any other medium i can think of and you're just i just love what you're doing i'll be 
honored to be part of it. Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot. I, and likewise, like I said, uh, big believer, I'm not just flattering for the sake of flattering. I absolutely loved your book. If if I would have found that when I was just in the worst hopeless depression, like I said, my whole adult life, I was searching for the answers that are in the book. And for anyone watching this, I highly, highly recommend. I'm going to buy a couple of copies and just start handing it out to people. I already got, I did a video with a gentleman yesterday. I'm like, I'm getting one for him. The way that you you lay it out, it's just you read it. It's almost like I think it's why people love Dr. Barry too. You after you're done watching one of his videos, it seems kind of complicated. Like this just makes sense and it's accessible. Uh, but you have the science in it too to back all of this up, and then you have the different dietary approaches and examples and everything. And it's really something that I've struggled with talking to people about this because they'll always have then this question or what about what about the vegetables or what about this and you've literally covered everything what was really crazy at the end of the book when you have your sources I'm like look at all you have just pages <laughs> and pages I can't imagine just working on this documentary it's so hard I can't imagine uh, how much effort had to go into this book but I mean it sincerely this book is going to change the lives of so many people out there uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be shouting it from the rooftops uh, to, to everyone I talk to. So, thank you so much for for doing this and putting the book together. It's truly it's truly going to be life changing for so many people. I, I really appreciate uh, that that impression because, as you know, when I wrote to you and sent it to you, I said I want to know what you honestly think about it because, you know, at this point, I mean, the book hasn't even been released yet. It's coming out in a couple of weeks. Very few people have read it, and so. I just don't know how it's going to resonate with people. And I really wanted to know what you thought. And so I'm so glad that that you that you find it worthwhile. Um, and, you know, I have to you've mentioned uh, Dr. Barry a few times. And I have to just jump in about Dr. Barry because he's, he's uh, fantastic. I really I so admire his ability. I, I think I, I called him recently on um, social media. He's the master of the plain explain. Right. He just. I wish I had this gift, but there's just something about the way that he breaks things down into just such simple, seemingly simple, it's very complicated, right? But he makes the complicated so accessible. And so when you listen to me, you think, well, of course, <laughs> you know, of course that makes perfect sense. Yep. Um, and so, you know, and, and I just think that there, and you've mentioned a, a few other people, some other of my intellectual heroes in this space too, Dr. Tom Seafried, for example, um, who's just a gift to the cancer uh, science uh, community. Um, you know, uh, Dr. Tony Hampton, who, who also has this gift for, you know, communicating, you know, with people in a different way about these seemingly very unusual, unconventional strategies. Um, and so having people like that involved in your project, I think just make it so much more powerful because there are some people who have that gift and that's exactly what we need to cut through so much of the noise and so much of the the bad information that's available. Uh, and so I think I think it's a really going to be an amazing project. Uh, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And just one last thing on the book. Uh, I always say is carnivores don't cry. I, I literally I shed a tear when I was reading the book because I was like, this is going to transform so many lives. I mean, it sincerely like I was thinking back to my former self. If only I could have had this back then, but can't can't go in the past. But we have it now. And thank goodness for that. So thank you so much. Uh, I really appreciate your time and what you're doing. And I look forward to talking to you more with the documentary. 
and uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be shouting from the rooftops about your book. I printed out the little cover here. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you for your support. I mean, the, it, the 15 years of research went into the book, clinical experience and research, and so uh, that's why it took a while, you know, for it to for it for it to appear. Um, yeah. But I do hope that people will find it find it helpful. And it's all about putting the information in in the hands of people who can use it. So if you help with that, I'm very, very grateful. Uh, that's that's what we want is for just for people to know that, like you said, hope is on the menu. And there, if you think you've tried everything, if you're willing to try one more thing, uh, this could be the thing that really makes a, 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 a difference for you. So please don't don't give up. Absolutely. And Carrie here for the Carnivore Diet Movie. And thank you so much for watching our YouTube videos and listening to our podcast. It's because of you and your support that we're able to do this carnivore diet documentary. We're making great progress, and I'm not going to stop until we reach millions of people. But we still need to raise more funds in order to film this properly to the level needed to get it on one of these big streaming services. So we're asking for your help. If you would, please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. And once you're there, you can sign up for free to our email newsletter. And once a week, we'll be sending out updates behind the scenes. Uh, we'll tell you about new meetups. We'll give you special invites and things like that. Completely free. Sign up there. The other thing you can do at the website is purchase our little portable travel size Redmond salt shaker with a keychain holder. People have been loving these. We offered them on our 24-hour live stream. You can purchase these right on the website. And every proceed, every penny that we get from profit goes right towards the Carnivore Diet documentary. And the other thing we have there are the water bottles, and the cutting boards. They're completely customizable, and you can engrave them. Every penny from those goes to support the Carnivore Diet documentary. You can also uh, link on over to the GoFundMe. That's where we'll get the most bang for your buck is there. So please visit www.carnivoredietmovie.com. Thank you. So just real quick, one last time, so people can find, they can pre-order the book right now. I guess... Uh, at diagnosisdiet.com. Uh, is there anything else you want to shout out or anywhere else people can find you? I spend a lot of time on Twitter, X, whatever you would like to call it. Um, that's the social media platform that I feel most comfortable with in terms of, you know, user friendliness and, and that sort of thing. I am also on, on LinkedIn and Facebook, and I just started an Instagram account too, because I know that that's important to help reach new audiences. But, um, but yeah, and uh, so, so those are, those are the, the best places to, to find me, especially if you want to engage with me one-on-one. -on -one. If, you, if you're on social media, I will respond to you. Awesome. I will have links in the description for each of those below. So uh, I think we'll end it there. Thank you so much, Dr. Ede. I really appreciate it. Thank you very, very much. Thank you so much for this really important project. Uh, I'm just so grateful for the work you're doing. Thank you. Bye.